Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome and thank you for joining us on Let's Talk Adoption today. And today we're going to be discussing the legal side of grandparents' rights in adoption. Um, when a family is placing maybe an unplanned pregnancy, uh, what rights do grandparents have? And you'll learn about this and more on today's Let's Talk Adoption with our wonderful guest. We have an attorney with us, uh, Felice Webster from Southern California. That She's been practicing law for a long time, and she's got some wonderful answers for us. Uh, very, um, very knowledgeable attorney with us, too. Before we start, I'd like to remind you to sign up for our weekly newsletter um, and also for our update. Uh, we'll send you an email um, letting you know what the shows are coming up are and uh, the topics. And uh, the free reminder is can be found at our website, letstalkadoption.com. You'll also find a calendar there um, of lots of adoption events going on, too, across the nation. So if you have an event that's adoption-related um, and you'd like to have it added free of charge to our calendar, you can go ahead and go to our site at letstalkadoption.com and fill it out. Give us about four weeks prior to the event, and uh, we'll go ahead and put it up on the Internet for you. Um, if you have any questions you'd like to send to us, uh, we'll be answering many of them today the legal questions on our show, do send those over to me at info at letstalkadoption.com. That's info at letstalkadoption.com. Uh, so again, today, grandparents uh, and their legal rights, and um, that's really important. Felice uh, Webster um, is part of the law office of Felice Webster and Associates, uh, Adoption Associates. She specializes in adoption law practice, which is very important when you're doing adoption. You want to make sure you're not working just with somebody that is doing probate law. Uh, she represents adoptive parents and birth parents in independent adoptions, uh, agency adoptions, step-parent adoptions, and adult adoptions, which we get a lot of questions on. Um, her representation also foster parents and relative caretakers, dependency law, and guardianship. Felice is the mother of two grown children, too. So welcome to the program, Felice. Thank you. Nice to be here. It's so nice to have you here, and uh, we've been anxious to have you on the show. I know you're very busy, and, and getting you booked on was important to us. Um, oh, we have had a lot of questions coming in regarding birth parent rights um, that I have here for you to answer for us. And, you know, um, many times uh, people are, are concerned because um, one of their children or their grandchildren are pregnant and they want to stay in contact or they're not sure if they can adopt or what kind of rights they have. And that's kind of where we're going today. Um, sh can you share with us what kind of legal rights? I know this is a big question, very broad legal rights birth parents have um birth grand birth grandparents excuse me birth grandparents have in an adoption plan well i'm i'm going marty i'm going to be speaking just about california law because okay. that's the only place that i practice sure and um every state has its own laws about um adoption mm -hmm. and um so in california birth grandparents actually don't um have any rights um uh, they don't exactly have any rights to stop an adoption or to make an adoption plan happen by law. Mm -hmm. um, and there are different kinds of adoptions in California, and uh, there are independent or agency-type adoptions where the mm -hmm. birth mother mm -hmm. makes a plan, and sometimes the birth father makes a plan to place the child for adoption. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, it's up to that birth parent to decide whether or not they want the adoption, and the grandparent doesn't have the right 
to veto the adoption or to force the adoption yes. well, on the parent. And that's really important, too, because a lot of people ask, you know, uh, they are in a different states or their children are in different states, but they really need to find a qualified adoption attorney in their state to find out what their rights are. Wouldn't you recommend right. that? Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there are, there are groups called ACAL in California and Quad A Attorneys. Um, that's four A's in, 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 uh, right. in, in the nationwide. And ACAL, um, A-C-A-L, have some wonderful attorneys um, listed on their, their website also. Right. Absolutely. That ACAL is Academy of California Adoption Lawyers. Mm-hmm. And the um, Quad A, the four A's, mm-hmm. is American Academy of Adoption Attorneys. Mm-hmm. And those those are invitational groups that have attorneys that were um, screened and invited to part- to be members. Right, and you want to make sure that you're getting the, the correct advice when it comes to legal, um, Abs- you know, legal stuff. And Absolutely, that's, that's you one- don't want to make any mistakes. Right, it's too important an mm-hmm. area. Right, and you can save money in other areas, but not in the legal part of it. Right. Um, you know, we're talking about some examples where a grandparent says, and these are some of the questions we get in. Um, that what's the difference between guardianship, the advantages and disadvantages of guardianship um, versus adoption in a family or kinship adoption? So I guess what they're talking about, you know, uh, maybe a parent wants to adopt um, a child. They're pondering. The, grand, the grandparent wants to adopt Right, exactly. Uh-huh. Grandparent. What are the disadvantages and advantage of, of adoption um, or guardianship? I mean, for me, I, I think permanency is really important for a child. Um, right. And if, if you're just doing temporary care where you're until you, you know, as a birth parent, you're getting your stuff together, your life together, and you want your parents to care for your child. But if you really, truly do not want to parent this child and you want your parents to adopt, um, what are your feelings on the pros and cons of both? Well, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I think paramount to everything should be the best interest of the child. Mm-hmm. And for most children, that would be... Um, having a per, the most permanent plan mm-hmm. that that child can have. Right. And um, gar- adoption is definitely the most permanent plan. The second most permanent plan would be guardianship. And mm-hmm. let me just explain um, to those who may not know that with adoption, the, pa- the birth parents or the, the parents of the child, um, their rights are, are um, terminated are, or are ended when the adoption takes place. So when the adoption is final, the biological parents of the child have no more rights. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the adopting parents assume all the rights and the responsibilities of a legal parent as if the child had been born to them. Mm-hmm. So that creates the most permanent situation for a child because the adoptions, for the most part, cannot be undone. Right. So and it's a permanent thing, yes. Yes. And so it's a family that the child knows will be there forever for them. And that was a question that people brought up after seeing Madonna's adoption. You know, did this birth father actually understand that when he did this adoption mm-hmm. to Madonna in another country, from another country, you know, that he was actually going through an adoption, not just a temporary type thing? And so I think a lot of people ask that question, too. So um, I think the advantages, too, and you and also the child, as far as getting under your medical care, you want your child, um, if it's a grandchild, to be under your medical care, right? And, and guardianship, I guess you can do some of that, but it seems like the paperwork is a lot stickier. Well, just... I mean, there are times when guardianship may make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and a family or the grandparents need to evaluate what is the best thing, and they mm-hmm. consulting with a lawyer Yes. Um, is a good way to do that, to see the pros and cons in any particular situation. Yeah, yeah I think, I mean, it, go ahead. I mean, sometimes it can be that 
a parent, it depends on the age of the child. If mm-hmm. it's not a newborn and you're looking at an older child, um, the children may not want to be adopted. They may want guardianship. Mm-hmm. The parents may not, the birth parents may not agree to adoption, but they may go along with guardianship. Um, a lot of different reasons. And that's why I think, too, everyone's, you know, I get a lot of these emails in that are legal questions. And, of course, I'm not an attorney, so I can't answer them. But I think the bottom line in most of these questions are you have to speak to an attorney within right. your state. And I suggest people write out on a piece of paper the five most burning questions you have for that attorney. Right. And really, um, you know, think about them before you contact them so you can get right through them and have them answered for you. Because you can't really go online and, and find this information because it's uniquely different because of the age of the child, the state, your age, the birth father's rights, um, quite a few different things, right? Right, right. That's absolutely right. And so I think on these, I mean, I want to be compassionate to the people sending these questions in, but because there, I, a lot of times I don't get a lot of information, it's really hard to uh, to put you on the spot, Felice, as an attorney, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and say, what would you suggest this person, you know? Right. And so I know you're giving some really good general General advice advice, but but let me just say about guardianship that it's not it isn't permanent Mm -hmm. and because it isn't permanent it can be undone and um, it can be undone uh, by a parent a parent can come back and try and set it aside um, terminate the guardianship Mm -hmm. and so there isn't the permanence and stability that may be in the child's best interest right and children really need stability um, you know uh, from the very very get-go Right. in their life and the more stability they have without bumping around through the system or homes and family care i think the better off they do in life overall because they don't think like we do as adults right um i think that's important um here's another one are grandparents rights different when a birth mother is a minor all right well in california mm-hmm. no okay um grandparents don't have rights in california generally anyway in an adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, they don't have the right, like I said, to veto um, or force an adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, but other states have different rules. In California, if a birth mother is a, is a minor, mm-hmm. then she has the right, as does a birth father who's a minor, they have the right to agree to the adoption without their parents' Uh, knowing or consenting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's different in other states. In right. other states, the parents would need to be notified and consent. And I think, too, Felice, and I know we talked about this a little earlier, is your feelings and mine are about the same on, um, you know, having a good relationship during this very difficult time. If you have a child that is pregnant and you're considering, you know, adoption and you want to stay in contact with your birth grandchild is to keep that relationship as open and as good, and that means maybe counseling even, um, so that maybe you can meet the adoptive parents and continue some type of relationship later on, which more and more people are willing to do. Right, absolutely. Are you seeing that in in your own adoption practice? Uh, Definitely. I started doing adoptions 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. and adoptions were much more closed back then. Mm -hmm. They were beginning to open up, but nothing compared to how they are today. And, Mm -hmm. And even county and um, foster parent adoptions mm-hmm. are there's much more encouragement to do open adoptions I think have I, continuing mm-hmm. contact with the birth family mm-hmm. and it's it really is important for the birth grandparents and the birth family to look at adoption if if they're if a grandparent has a child who's wanting to place for adoption it is really important for that grandparent to keep an open mind and an open heart 
and to reach out as much as they can to the new adoptive parents for that the child mm-hmm. so that in the short term and the long term they can have um, you know some type of good relationship if that's what they want to have with the adopting parents. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got more questions to ask you, Felice, after this quick break, but um, we're going to discuss also about uh, birth fathers' parents. Are they liable for child support if he's underage? So uh, we've got some interesting questions that have come in from you, our listeners. So we're going to take those and ask Felice Webster, our adoption attorney today, um, our guest on Let's Talk Adoption, right after this quick message. We'll be right back. has a plan for each of us. Sometimes we simply aren't sure what that is. Many Christian families are struggling today with infertility and pregnancy loss and feel forgotten as to God's plan for their lives. Is God trying to convey His plan to you? Perhaps He is trying to lead you to another path for building your family. Christian families are being built every day through the miracle of adoption. There is hope and there's a child for you. Visit LifetimeAdoption.org or call 530-432-7373 to learn more about welcoming a baby into your heart through adoption. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption. This is Marty Caldwell, and uh, before we left on the break, we were talking more about uh, the legal rights of birth grandparents with adoption attorney Felice Webster. And before we get back to our program, I remind you, too, if you're interested in adopting, um, I'd like you to check out my website, AdoptingOnline.com, which offers a wonderful book that I wrote and I think has helped quite a few people adopt. Uh, It's called AdoptingOnline.com. It's a a large book, about 512 pages, and it's very comprehensive on adoption and uh, gives you lots of resources and stories and um, directions on where to go tips. So do visit that site. Uh, Felice, let's give your website out too before we get on to some more questions. I don't want to forget that. If people are interested in speaking to you regarding step-parent adoption or any type of adoption law, um, and I know you're in California, uh, but you do do interstate adoption, could you give your website out? Right. It's FeliceWebster.com. F-E-L-I-C-E W-E-B-S-T-E-R.com. Great. And I know that uh, our clients have said how much they really enjoy working with you, that you're very easy to speak to and and uh, very kind to, you know, both sides of the adoption. So that's really nice to hear, too. You. you know, we're talking a little bit about um, the, uh, you know, about minors. And one of the things we had mentioned, too, is that people have emailed uh, questions to me about um, the legal rights of a birth father's parents in an adoption. What rights do they have? Are there any different than the birth mother's parents? No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, they would. They both don't really have any legal rights. What What all the grandparents have is the right to influence their children one way or the other in terms of the adoption. And so, as an adoption attorney, I am always really interested in knowing what um, do the birth grandparents know about the adoption plan, mm-hmm. and if they know. Um, what do they say about it? Are mm-hmm. they supportive? Mm-hmm. And um, I try and include the birth grandparents in the adoption plan, um, meeting the adopting parents if they want, or 
um, I'm happy to talk to them and explain mm-hmm. the process. Um, right. They don't get confidential information, but they, you know, they they're definitely welcome to be part of the process. And they have lots of questions too that I think can be answered just in the basics because a lot of times they're in shock, and they respond with a knee jerk reaction sometimes. Right. And it may not be in the best interest of the child too or their family. Right. Uh, but it, in terms of the, yeah, the birth father's parents don't. They don't have any more rights. Than so now if the birth father is only 14 or even under 18, uh-huh. can his parents be liable for child support? That was a question that came in. In California, I'm not aware that that the uh, county would go after mm-hmm. the father um, for child, or the father's parents for child mm-hmm. support. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but I know that was a question that came through. In I most, think that they, they could go after the father to establish paternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and reserve an order, keep an order for child support for later. Right. Um, and oftentimes that's why birth fathers um, are all right with placing for adoption because it may have been, it was an unplanned pregnancy on their part also. Mm-hmm. And the idea of child support for 18 years mm-hmm. is not what they had in their, in, you know, in their plan. And unfortunately, we have some men that we've seen that have actually fathered two, three, and four children that aren't paying. And when, you know, they will come after them and their their uh, their paychecks. Absolutely. And, They'll garnish their wages. Yeah. So a lot of these guys, I know that they feel like, you know, gosh, I, how could I do that? I don't want to do it. Um, but if they think about it later on, they will for up to 18. And when you're talking about child support for four different children with four different families, right. um, you know, that's a lot of headaches. And that poor child, uh, you know, when they're not getting support, when children know their their biological father is not supporting them, it's a crush to their, their whole image of who they are and how valuable they are. And if the father doesn't support and there's an order for child support, it just mm-hmm. continues to accrue and it accrues interest. Right. And that's why I think it's very important for for families to stay in contact with adoptive parents because they can send cards and gifts. Um, and because it says, you know, in most of them, adoption cuts off the rights of grandparents and, and you know, in most states. Mm-hmm. Unless there's had some type of relationship where they can meet the adoptive parents ahead of time, and there's, they can see the value of that too. Um, and I, so I, I think it's nice. I don't think you can have too many people love your child, right. um, but everyone's got to see the value in it. And many times, the grandparents say, "Oh, I'll help you," but then that's why we get phone calls from from grandparents saying, "You know, I'm older now, and I can't do this. And what can I do?" Mm-hmm. So uh, that's another question we had too. Grandparents, a question we receive often is grandparents that are raising their own grandchildren or even great-grandchildren, and they are looking for someone to parent them, these children, because they can no longer do it. They're in their 70s. Maybe uh, one spouse has died, the the grandparent has died, and now um, they're getting older, and they want to have something in place, and they're looking at open adoption so they can remain in contact after this have you seen an increase in this or have you have you done any of this at all where you've had open adoption where an older child is placed with yes mm-hmm. yeah yes i have and i it's certainly there's a lot of publicity about the fact that more grandparents and great grandparents and relatives are raising um relative you know their relatives children um because the parents are unable or unwilling to to raise the children. Right. Sometimes they're in drug rehab and they just can't do it and they're older, yeah. Right. So if the grandparents have are raising the children and they have adopted the children, because mm-hmm. that does sometimes happen, and mm-hmm. I've, I've helped with those situations, and those grandparents who are then the parents because they adopted the grandchildren, mm-hmm. 
they're able to find a new family. If, if something happens, as you said, one of the grandparents is ill or for whatever reason they're unable to care for the children any longer, mm-hmm. um, they're able to find a new family mm-hmm. for the child, either within or, with, um, or outside of their own family. Um, they find new parents for the child, and as the legal parents, they place the children with the new family. They right. can pick the new family. And if they want to have an open adoption mm-hmm. where they have some kind of continuing contact, mm-hmm. like receiving letters and pictures, which is very common, or having visits with the children, that's something that can be worked out by agreement between the grandparents and the new family. Right, and there's special parents that will do that, and I've seen them where there's been cancer and they want the children to be there, but they want to know that they can go in peace right. when their time comes and that they, uh, the children will be cared for. And so that's why they look early for a family and they have the children participate in the family they want and transition slowly. Right, Which and it can be a tricky path to take, mm-hmm. but it's um, you're making a connection with the new family and, and including them in your own family. Right. It's really important to respect everybody's rights, mm-hmm. and it, it may take a while. I've seen that it can take a while to sort things out, and there may be ups and downs, but it's important to just work through the issues, talk through everything, mm-hmm. um, understand that the grandparents will be going through a loss, that they mm-hmm. have to that they're placing, choosing to place the child or children. And the new adopting parents may feel protective and may be threatened by the grandparents. But these are things that can be worked out, possibly in counseling and just by talking. Right. And always bearing in mind that, that everybody is trying to do the best thing for the children. Right. And, and that's really good advice, Felice, because um, I think communication is key to anything in education and knowledge. And that's why having a good attorney uh, involved in this, uh, it will make a big difference too in finding a good family. I know uh, many times through um, lifetime adoption, we work with the attorneys because they do the legal work. We do all help with the you know setting the counseling up for them and finding the families that will work because you sometimes have to go through three or four families profiles right. until you find a right family that really has the compassion that can work through that. Here's another question as we're starting to wrap up here: um, Is there a difference? And independent adoption, agency adoption, or state adoption, when it comes to grandparents um, in contact um, and staying involved, and this is a question coming in from a listener. So they want to know if there is a difference. They want to stay involved, and if their their child goes through with an adoption, would they have any more rights with one of those, independent agency or a state adoption, more so than others? Um, not really, no. Okay. They... Um, Continuing contact after the adoption is generally needs to be done by agreement. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say that um, there are different types, types of agreements. You can have an informal agreement where um, grandparents discuss with the new adopting parents um, what, what type of contact they want. Do they want mm-hmm. to get letters and pictures? Would they like to see the child either now or later on when the child is older? Mm-hmm. And in California and in some other states, there are written post-adoption contact agreements right. that can be entered into. Now, the grandparents can't force that on adopting parents, mm-hmm. but um, that is sometimes done by, if everybody agrees to that. Right, and if they have compassion, too. Right. Well, I think it's important. Felice, I want to give out your website before we close here. Uh, could you give out your website in case anybody's interested in adoption law would like to get more information regarding that? Sure. It's Felice Webster, 
Felicewebster.com, F-E-L-I-C-E-W-E-B-S-T-E-R.com. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate so much that you have been on the show and answered these questions for our listeners and helped us understand more about birth grandparents' rights uh, as uh, as far as, um, you know, what they can do and what they can't do. And uh, thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure being with you today, and this is Marty Caldwell. Until next week, God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and we hope to hear from you very soon. Send your email questions to me at info at letstalkadoption.com. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. 